Okay, we should be good. Got my interpreter, got my recorder, and I'm live on Facebook. <clears throat> Pin yourself. Pin myself, thank you. There, I'm so pinned. Can I pray? Bande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahoditao Gaudodaye Pushpavantao Chitraushandao Tamunudao Bande Ham Shri Rama Krishna Vabhaya Charana Sakao Sukhadao Paramanandao Sundarao Subalapriyao Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Hasty prayer today because of this. Uh, oh, my headache is gone. Yay. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> it was just beginning, but you don't want to have my headaches. So I'm really happy I can uh, function. Okay. Let me share the screen again. And um, actually, no, I wanted to. I thought it'd be. Uh, it would make sense to explain the two prayers I've been saying, the very reduced uh, prayers, because I don't think you know people should watch me and hear me while praying away. I usually do my prayers before. I just figured that in a presentation about the importance and implication of prayers, prayer, uh, you know, among all the presentations where everybody else starts with prayers, then I should do it too. But. Um, Personally, I skip through everybody else's prayers because, I mean, it's a good thing, but... <clears throat> so I keep it short for that. Uh, but I should probably spend a few words on the one prayer out of the um, standard ones that I do say. Obviously, I do the one about my guru, because it all starts from the guru. Like um, um, Brigupad was teaching us, uh, it all starts from acknowledging the importance of the Guru in our life and the blessings of the Guru in our lives. So the uh, verse, I was just remembering this morning that I was teaching Spanish to all the devotees um, here a couple of years ago, and uh, obviously we were learning Spanish through devotional, um, in a devotional way. So this verse translates as, um, Nací en las tinieblas del mundo material, pero mi Guru con la antorcha del conocimiento me abrió los ojos, something like that. Which means, I was born in the darkness of the material world, but, the, but my guru opened my eyes with the torch of uh, knowledge. Which is fine, but just know that the verse really says that um, I offer my obeisances to my guru by whom my eyes were opened with... Um, it talks about a surgical practice of uh, curing cataract. And Yananjana, Anjana is a salve that you put on the eyes, 
and Yananjana is the, the well, it's this instrument, this surgical instrument by which a doctor would cure a cataract. So it doesn't talk about torch of, um, of knowledge, but the concept is the same. The Guru opens our eyes, and everybody knows the verse. The second uh, prayer I said is uh, another very nice one. It has three alternative meaning, uh, endings. Uh, it means by the mercy I offer prayers Vande to the Guru who is the deliverer of the fallen and by whose mercy a, a dumb person can speak eloquently can uh, you know produce poetry uh, and uh, um, a lame person can uh, climb a mountain so there's another um, nice verse from the Bhagavatam that says that uh, by the mercy of the Guru, the difficulties of the material ocean, the material ocean with its difficulties become easy to cross over like the water contained in the calf print, in the hoof print of a calf. Just kind of cute because we see... Um, we just had a calf uh, a couple of days ago, and it is the rainy season, so you'll be see we'll be seeing a lot of these cute, very cute um, calf hoof prints, and they'll be full of water, and we'll be stepping over them and thinking, yes, <laughs> by the mercy of our guru, we can uh, cross the material universe with the same um, um, ease. But um, it's a long verse with a long meter, so I just uh, kept it very very uh, short but these are the prayers that I'm uh, reciting and then of course I ask for the mercy of the Vaishnavas and then um, a prayer to Gauranitai and to Krishna Balaram and then the Mahamantra just to make um, things clear because it's important that feeling is behind prayer last time we talked about prescribed prayer and um, spontaneous prayer and um, they tend to coincide. Prescribed prayer is collective and spontaneous prayer is uh, individual, but uh, they don't have to be. And the risk with the prescribed prayer is that it becomes a prescription. I have to do this, whether it's the Japa or Kirtan, or we were talking about uh, the Muslims praying five times in the, in the mosque, etc. Um, that you just do it mindlessly, but there has to be feeling behind a prayer. I have a little story about that. Uh, one year, it was Radhashtami or something like that. We were, I think it was Radhashtami. We were in Eugene, Oregon, on the big, big, big new deck that we had just uh, made, and it was summer. So after the feast, after the, the class and the and the kirtan and the feast, it was still light. It was still bright outside because it was, you know, Oregon. And um, Guru Maharaj was chit-chatting with uh, Bhavatarini, or I think it was uh, Bhagavan's ex-wife. Some devotee, there were some disciples of Prabhupada, and he was like chatting with them. And I was like kind of relaxed in that, you know, everybody, there were like kids playing and stuff. So Bhumi was very young, our little cow. We had two miniature uh, cows, Dharma and Bhumi. And she was mooing incessantly. I think it was her um, uh, baby bottle time, because they were still being bottle fed. We got them really young. And she was mooing and mooing. And I was like uh, lounging on the deck with someone or, some, or just by myself. I was like, oh, shut up. And Gurmaj said, you shut up. 
Her mooing is better than your chanting. And um, it was kind of uh, nice to hear, to be corrected that way, because what he meant is that when Bumi was mooing for milk, she was one-pointed. She was one-minded. I want milk, milk, please give me milk. Whereas when me or anybody uh, is chanting, the mind goes all over the place. Sometimes, you know, everywhere but the names of um, the Mahamantra. So it's important to have a feeling and a knowledge, uh, you know, awareness to pray in a, in, a, in a heartfelt way rather than a recitation of a rosary or, or japa or... which will work, especially like I made the point last time, in mantra yoga it works because a mantra is a sound vibration that is powerful intrinsically per se, whereas a prayer is organized thought and there's still a focus, etc. We'll talk about this next week, but um, it, it's still much more efficacious if some uh, awareness is that, and what about if some feeling is that. Um, so yeah, I urge everybody to know, since we pray in Sanskrit and Bengali, not necessarily, but our ritual um, prayers, our, you know, yeah, let's say the part of praying that's part of our practice can be done in a ritualistic way. So when we pray in our heart, then it'll love. When we pray out of necessity for something that we want to happen, then uh, it'll be heartfelt. But let's try to make it heartfelt all the time. Um, my Guru Maharaj, the Purai Maharaj, I realize that you know this class may be seen by all kinds of people in the future, but uh, he he very much cares that. Um, uh, we know what we sing when we sing during the Kirtan. Uh, in a couple of occasions, he asked, um, very early on, he asked uh, his disciples, what's your favorite song? As like a provoca provocation. And uh, somebody said, Bhajahure Mana. And he said, what does it say? What is it about? Because, you know, he wanted to make the point that, do you like the tune? Do you like whatever, this is, you know, how the syllable, you know, whatever, it's like some kind of sound to it, or do you like the, the meaning? And then with me personally, once we were driving to San Jose, and um, I don't know if we were listening to a rendition of uh, Amana Durmati, which is not the title of the song, but everybody knows it as Amana Durmati, and I said, oh, that's my favorite song. And um, Guru Maharaj asked me, what does it say? And I told him, because <laughs> luckily I knew Bengali by then. By I knew enough Bengali by that time. Because um, if we were here, yeah, I started learning Bengali in 99. And I started learning Bengali to, make, to write that song about uh, Guru Maharaj, uh, that prayer to Guru Maharaj. So that was a nice thing. I'll talk about that later, because it's got a lot to do with prayer and how I got to writing that song but um, to write a, a song in medieval Bengali you kind of need to learn Bengali so I have the luck of knowing for the most part what is that I'm saying when I'm singing in a kirtan and I gotta say that some of you are um, you know coming from a mission or are still part of a mission where I know that you were encouraged to sing in Spanish or in your own language and um, again I'm totally the opposite because I am very much for tradition and like a Bengali song, I'm singing it in Bengali with a Bengali accent, there's no reason for me to sing it what, with an Italian accent, with an American accent, 
and uh, you know I'm on the other end of the spectrum because I actually write songs in Bengali in service but I appreciate the other end of the spectrum where you ask devotees to sing in their own language because at least you know what you're singing what you're asking what your you know your heart is more connected there is a song uh, uh, I once listened to a um, English rendition of the <clears throat> And um, I will. I, I never. I was never able to find that album, but it was a a man and a woman singing, and uh, they were singing an English rendition of that song by Jayadeva Goswami, and at some point I heard him saying. These are the howling monkeys. If you hear them, it's not Godzilla coming to kill me, but. Um, it's that time of the of the month. They go all around the, the valley, so they're right on top of my cabin, so sorry for the noise. The song was saying, Rain your love, sweet monsoon, or something. So it, it really came to life in my ears. Oh, they're calling Krishna a monsoon because of his complexion. A sweet monsoon, a rain cloud, rain your love. It was really powerful. So there is some scope to sing it in one's own language. And let's keep in mind that um, Narottam Das Thakur was an innovator with his style of kirtan, with the melodies. Uh, people were looking down to him like, what is he doing? What's with these songs? Bhaktivinoda Thakur was uh, using cinema songs. I mean, there weren't cinema songs, but um, the equivalent of cinema songs. There were the bowel songs and the local minstrels who belong to other sampradayas that Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself listed under upper sampradayas, like schools of thought, ways of experiencing Gaudiya Vaishnavism that weren't eh, quite right. There were some distortions, like, you know, the bowels. Uh, bowel comes from batul, which means crazy, like, a, like a, you know, there were minstrels. There's always been this thin line between a, the crazy of the village and an avadhuta. I don't know if you've seen the movie Lagan. There is the guy there who's an astrologer, and he's like crazy out of his mind. And but he's also a bit saintly, and uh, so a um, a beggar or a crazy person or a totally spiritual person, an avaduta, an uttamadikari. They're sometimes <laughs> they look very similar, and they behave in a very similar way. So um, where was I going with this? Um, what was I talking about? Rain your love, sweet monsoon. Uh, I cannot remember what I was talking about. But anyway, the point remains that um, we should uh, know what we're praying about. S praying Spanish. Sorry, I lost it. I can't remember what I was talking about. Um, <clears throat> But yes, we should know what we're saying. Um, that's all I had to say about that. And uh, let me just uh, go back to my presentation. Uh, another thing I wanted to say is that I keep talking about, like this was supposed to be the encounter in which we would analyze the prayers that appear in the Bhagavatam, as they appear in the Bhagavatam, all the people who pray. And, oh, I have a note for the translator. When I say prayer, it doesn't mean orador, it means oración. I know it can mean both, but um, 
By the way, shout out to Bhakta Prema because I listened to the translation and I was like trembling, thinking I speak too fast, I speak too complicated. But he did a good job. It was like 90% accurate, which is good considering how difficult it is to doing simultaneous translation, especially with a you know when when it's about philosophy and you know this kind of topics. But uh, prayer, so a list of prayer. In this case, prayer just means the prayer and the act of praying. Don't think that I'm just dragging this overview over three encounters. To be honest, this list of prayer uh, prayers in the Bhagavatam, I thought about it more as a filler. So this is a presentation on the importance and implication of uh, implications of prayer, and that's what we're discussing. Because uh, last time I was saying that I thought that the overview would go over two encounters and here I am still three quarters of the way. It's fine. That's what we're talking about. Uh, I'm just reserving all the analogies and analysis between meditation and prayer for the last encounter. And probably I'll run out of time at that time. But um, so anyway, here we are. Um, let me share the screen. Boom. So, to recap, we were talking about Anjali. Anjali Mudra is um, this um, gesture that's very common to um, many cultures, to the religious expression of many cultures, in many cultures. Ginger water all over my chest. Great. Um, We talked about how this gesture signifies the masculine and the feminine, the positive and the uh, negative, the duality of the world. Let's, let's stick with positive and negative because in a magnetic, electromagnetic uh, sense, they give the idea of canceling each other. There is balance when positive and negative come together. There is, um, uh, you know, balance. It, it becomes... Um, yeah, balanced. So we center ourselves. We become. We find some equilibrium. Also, I mentioned that uh, as far as the reflexology, this corresponds to, to the brain. I haven't verified that, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, I do, I remember something like that. The brain, the eyes, the ears, the hands, and the feet. So basically, we cancel out and we we silence and we quiet. Whoa! What's going on? somebody's microphone come on anyway sorry but i thought somebody wanted to to intervene or something but it also scared <laughs> so we um quiet our senses and we get together and we close our eyes that also helps so we center ourselves and we are aware of um, who we are where we are what we're doing and um and um, and then we're ready to uh, to pray to line up the subjective consciousness, like I was saying, who is us, with the absolute consciousness. So the jivatma with the paramatma, not like I mean the paramatma per se, but you know, uh, God as the uh, the uh, the totality of consciousness, the source of consciousness. Um, that's probably all I have to say about that gesture. I said enough, you know, last time you can 
watch last time's um, uh, I don't want to call it a lesson let's call it meeting obviously another common gesture in um, in prayer in a prayerful attitude is prostration right the symbology behind that um, is also well maybe not that clear so let me talk about it in case you didn't notice all of our senses are in the head right it makes sense that you don't have your eyes on your toes because you know you would see the world you wouldn't see any danger you wouldn't see anything that you need to see to function in life as well as if the eyes were in the front and top part of your body think of any fish animal bird the top front is where all the most the most important senses are sight um, you know the eyes the ears the the, the tongue the nose etc so it's a very the brain is there so it's a very valuable part of the body so we touch the highest and most important part of our body to the floor where the feet are and the feet are you know they well they get dirty first of all they just move the body around they move the the loft with the eyes and ears and tongue they they you know move it around where the brain wants to go the feet just move the whole structure on top of them they're just servants and um and they get dirty so the symbology is that we touch the highest part the most important part of our body we put it at the same level of the feet of a saint uh, or god or you know that's the meaning behind prostration and um, I was talking about Salah or Salat in, um, in mosques. And um, you know, if you do that five times a day, it, uh, it'll keep you pretty fit. You know the story of um, Puri Maharaj, Bhakti Pramod Puri Maharaj, who uh, insisted on um, going to the temple and paying obeisances. I mean, I forgot what occasion. Uh, but his disciples were saying you don't have to pay obeisances, but he really cared to. So um, it's always a good exercise to bend the physical in um, to bend the physical around the mental and ultimately the spiritual, as opposed to the other way around. To have your intellect, your mind, and your soul, you yourself trapped in this, you know, casing of mind and body, all following the needs of the body. You can see that for yourself. So, but even on a very, you know, material, uh, physical point of view, it'll keep you healthy. So you bow down five times a day, like a Muslim, or any time you go to the temple, and your knees. My knees are starting to get <laughs> a little crunchy, but um, magnesium, everybody, take magnesium. But um, uh, it, it'd be even worse, worse if we didn't do this kind of exercise so I'm trying to I'm saying that because I remember my sister at dinner saying that um, you know she was like uh, playing down religions and saying that uh, in Islam or you know the Jews don't eat pork because they're very hot countries and uh, pork is very hard on the on the liver so that's why and they don't drink alcohol for the same reasons and, and you can find stuff like that in in our um, culture you know oh the neem tree is sacred well guess what it's also medicinal so it's so good for the body let's make it sacred well 
sure, it can be reduced to that, or you, it can be seen from the other end. When something is so spiritual and so valuable on the spiritual um, platform, it trickles down into the material with its own good qualities. And it's yeah, like it's spiritual, it's good for you spiritually and even physically. So uh, it's not that, you know, you bow down and it keeps you fit. That's why people are asked to bow down. Obviously, it does things to your to your psyche. You know, think of the Bhagavad Gita. There is that uh, verse that describes the demonic nature. Today, I, I defeated that enemy and tomorrow I'll defeat that other enemy. And it's totally the opposite of... Uh, you know, praying five times a day, three times a day, just get yourself in a prayerful mode. You know, it, it, it switches. Like we were talking about last time, it reverses the spiral of your consciousness. Um, we're saying that there is, just I'll say it very shortly this time, the spiral of our consciousness, the divine couple in our heart right now is Aham and Mama, I and my. That's who we really care about. So really just me. And we want the whole world. We see the whole world in relation to me. And I was saying that the dimension of a point is zero. So it's all based on zero, on a scam, on a non-reality. But we do see like that. Uh, you know, our doggy Bhima died uh, at the end of July. But I remember when Gaurusundar would come back from milking, he would come with a bucket. Uh, it was an open bucket back then. Uh, of milk and um, oh I don't know he left the milk the bucket in the open to do something and I was in the kitchen and I saw Bhima just going about his business like oh milk clearly it's for me <laughs> so it's like the animal conscious like this whole world whatever I see whatever I hear first of all they don't see that's the thing about the right brain which I may touch upon in the, in the, in a few minutes uh, if I get to it the right brain is about the here and now. We don't think I am me and this is the world. This is me and this is you. It's like whatever I experience is, is all one, is all me. So anyway, dogs uh, just think everything is for my enjoyment. Why else? Um, or, you know, th there are these videos of like four, five, six-year-old kids going, uh, playing hide-and-seek with their parents and they just uh, they cover their eyes behind a towel and they think if I cannot see the world the world is not there the world cannot see me so they're like I'm hidden and then the whole body is showing but they don't see their eyes are covered so you can see how animals also see everything in relation to they what I see what I hear what I want it's all for me anyway it's a it's a detour I'll get back to it though because there's something good that can be said about that so um What I was, what was I talking about? Um, right brain, perceive. So yeah, prayerful. The 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 divine couple in our heart is aham and mama, me and mine, and we want the whole universe to fit in this one point that has zero dimension. And if we reverse the spiral of our consciousness to the outside, you know, we focus on our children, on our neighbor, on our country, on the planet, on the universe, on the infinite. There's so much more that we can give our little self to and experience the infinite in return. You know, the moment I focus on being good to people, like, uh, what is the thing? <sighs> uh, 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 
random act of kindness, you know, you, you're in line at uh, Starbucks or something. Most likely, most of you don't go to Starbucks, but they pay the coffee for the one next to, uh, behind them just to be kind, to, to spread kindness around, and eventually some kindness will come back to them or not. But it's better to spread kindness than thinking, what is the world going to give me? What am I going to take from this person today or that person? So reverse the spiral of your consciousness. And then once you reach infinity, then you see that they're still spiraling and you can spiral in and then go, you know, narrower and narrower, Lakshmi Narayan and then Radha Krishna and then the divine couple becomes Radha Krishna or Krishna Balaram or whoever. Just a, I was saying Bhagavan and Bhagavata, God and gods, what's dear to God, what belongs to God. Not, not anymore me and mine. Um, so prayer does that. It reverses the uh, spiral of consciousness. And... Um, Well, today the translator is going to be facilitated because <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought a lot. Let's see, what was I talking about? But yeah, basically I was talking about prostration. Yes, the physical physicality of prayer. Um, there's nothing wrong in um, having a religious practice that also keeps you healthy, right? But it's not also something to play down and strip to... You know, what my sister was saying, oh, they're just not eating this and drinking that because it would be bad for the population at large to drink alcohol in a in such a hot country. So it's really just a, um, a population. Uh, what would it be called? Just a, just a way of uh, keeping the population under control and keep it healthy and keep it functional. Now, there's much more. There's a whole dimension. Um, to be religious, not even spiritual. Um, but yeah, physicality is good. It's not bad in and of itself. Ooh. Okay, so kneeling is another way of expressing a, a prayerful attitude. Not done much in our culture, but you can see that, um, like I was saying before, the, the in yogic terms, the body is really the trunk. Well, the trunk and the head, right? The chakras start from the sacrum and the spine that's where the energy where the, the whole thing is happening the the the, the electromagnetic field goes in, goes out from this chakra and back into the uh, first chakra the legs are just seen as um, um, appendages just um, an extension of the body to carry this whole machine of organs and energies and stuff happening digestion the brain this like wonderful thing that we are the legs just move these bodies around where they want to go. And um, so to, to break, to, to bend your legs, to make them unable to walk, like by kneeling, of course, even more by doing namaskar all the way to the pranam, all the way to the ground. But kneeling already, once you're kneeling, have you tried to walk <laughs> while kneeling? It's not as easy. As easy. My mother was born in 37 and she said that in her time when uh, people were misbehaving in school they were made to kneel on chickpeas for like what 10 minutes or something so if you kneel on chickpeas it, it hurts after a while i mean it's it's not torture but it's not comfortable so you're not you cannot do anything you cannot do as much on your knees so it's a matter of it's a, it's a way of um 
again, switching your consciousness to, you know, the legs take me wherever I want, they make me do whatever I want to do. Breaking or, say, bending uh, our legs means I'm not that omnipotent after all, I'm not that powerful. Uh, it's a way of acknowledging that there is a higher power and I bend my legs, I make myself impotent to acknowledge my relation to this higher power, which is what happens when you pray. And also, um, in terms of feelings and en energy, emotional energy, at some point, headache is coming back, um, at some point, um, I forget, we were on a field, I wasn't there, we were planting something on on a field that we have up here. And the news came that Juan's neighbor's baby died of um, aneurysm or something. And when uh, Juan got the news, he fell on his knees at the thought that the neighbor's baby died. And so you can see how emotions make you weak. Make, there's this connection between falling on your knees and, and it corresponds with feeling impotent like oh no and um, so you can see how it um, is conducive to praying or is uh, caused by a prayerful uh, attitude we were saying that prayer comes out of joy out of sadness out of need out of fear so when that sadness overwhelms you your um, your legs lose their strength and so kneeling represents all that And uh, praying with one's palms up, very Muslim and Jew I don't know about Jewish. I meant Jew I said Jewish because uh, for the little bit of Christianity I remember, um, um, the disciples of Jesus Christ asked him, "Can you teach us how to pray?" And I don't know if they were praying like this, but he said, "Pray like this." And the Muslims also pray like this. They have a whole thing actually. When Godosund and I came back from Istanbul, we um, we had a pretty deep, um, a pretty good, um, full immersion in Islam. I, for one, never had. I was never in an Islamic country before. And we have um, um, a lot of good memories. Like, you know, they call each other brother. Um, anyway, good things to say about Islam. It's not all the bad things that, you know, the, the certain propaganda wants us to think. So we just... Um, naturally researched after uh, when we came back and it's really complicated to do that prayer you need to like hold your your uh, it's all you know as mandated by uh, the prophet prophet pr prophet you hold your arms and once one finger has to stick out and then you look to the right and then you bow down and then um the symbology is quite uh, um, complicated for example one of those uh, symbolic acts are like you start standing with your head, again, high up, so your intellect, you bend it, at some point you bend at 90 degrees, you put your brain at the same level of your heart, and then you put your heart above the, the brain when you're touching the, the ground. So that's something that we can also think when we do uh, pranam on the floor, we're putting our head lower than our heart. As our Guru Maharaj says, we should use our head to soften our heart. We should... Um, uh, there was a whole uh, controversy about the length of the danda. Ja uh, what's his name? Narasimha Maharaj was involved. I forget who it was. It was something 
there's constant bickering, I gotta say, about the color, uh, the saffron color. Oh, you're wearing pink, you're wearing orange, how it should be, the length of the danda, etc. And Nanasinghe Maharaj was preaching in the South a lot, so he was uh, conforming to the South, uh, Southern Indian style, where the Ramanuja Sampradaya and Madhva Sampradaya are prominent. And uh, I think the danda of a Gaudiya Vaishnava, Tridandi Sanyasi, has to be as tall as the Sanyasi. You know that the danda is custom made with four pieces of bamboo, etc. But Narasinghe Maharaj had a shorter one because in the, I think, the Madhva Sampradaya, the danda has to be the danda, like if you stand and you bow your head wherever your nose touches, that's the, the height of your danda. So it, it corresponds to you bowing down. Again, that show of humility, that expression of humility, etc. So um, uh, it's all very important thing to keep in mind and be aware of. Praying with your um, arms like this is, um, you know, an expression of prartana. We were talking about prayer as a request, prartana. Please give me. It also means I am open to your mercy. I'm open to, I'm, op I'm receiving, you know. I talked about the feminine nature, the right brain. Actually, I haven't. I'll talk about it now. Um, it's a long topic. It's a, it's a very vast topic, but let's see if I can say it briefly. You know how Vedic mathematic, they say that it's made with the right brain. So basically, Vedic mathematic, mathematics, Vedic this and that, is um, coming from the view of the world the sadhus, the rishis, had. And if you're a rishi, you are very intuitive, very meditative. You are receptive. You have a right brain vision of the world. You know, sadhu doesn't mean a Vaishnava necessarily, so I was saying if you are very right-brained and very lit spiritually, you do have a sense that everything I perceive is me. What I see is what I am. There is no distinction. It's my experience. I am one with the world. There is some truth to that. Uh, keep in mind that, as our Guru Maharaj says, you know, our doctrine is achintya bheda abheda. So it's as much bheda as it is abheda. So bheda means distinction. This is me, this is God. This is the material world, that's the spiritual world. But it's intrinsically and inconceivably achintya is another key word. The same, bheda and abheda. We are divine, we are God in a certain way. Like a lot of New Age people like to say, Oh, Namaste means the divine in me salutes the divine in you. Yes, it means something else. And it's just beautiful as it is. You don't need to, like, you know, embroider around it. I'll see if I can explain the word uh, Namaste later on. But yes, we are divine. We are nothing but God. God's dream. We are characters in God's dreams. We're expressions of God's subconscious. This happens to be God's nightmare. And then the spiritual world is God's dream, like his fantasy. What would I want to do? I am omnipotent or omnipotent. I'm omnipresent. I'm all, yeah, all powerful means omnipotent. I'm, you know, all knowing. But what would I do if I was, you know, a kid? If I could play all day long? Who would my friends be? What would I do all day? So that's the spiritual world. 
But it's all God, it's all consciousness. If we, if we want to strip it down to the very core and essence, it's all consciousness expressing itself uh, in, in many, many, many ways. Uh, so, as I'm talking about praying with your hands like this, receive a mercy, right brain. So, a feminine nature is required to understand the masculine principle. Keep in mind, I'm not making a sexist point. Masculine, feminine, hot, cold, positive, negative, uh, giver and receiver, whatever. Uh, or These are just expressions of the duality of the universe as we know it. There is always one and the other, and they have absolutely the same balance. Good and bad doesn't mean that good is good and bad is bad. Sometimes bad brings out the good. You know, like in the Tao, there is, where there is the most black, you have a dot of white. When there is the, dot, the most white, you have a dot of, um, of, of black. And uh, so much can be said about that already. Uh, but, so, uh, feminine nature. We need a feminine nature, a right brain, because, you know, uh, magnetically speaking, that's when we will um, have um, fruitful contact with the absolute who is the masculine well the absolute is not the masculine principle because it's absolute let's talk about god and it's personified the absolute and its personified expression has this purusha uh, uh, aspect and um oh boy did we lose the translation Let's wait for a second. Um, Martin, would you be able to translate if he doesn't come back? Okay. Voy a seguir en español para decírselo a los que no, que no... Bueno, se habrán enterado que Bacta Prima desapareció y vamos a esperar que vuelva, que, que regrese. De, de momento Martín se está preparando para... Para traducir, en el caso que, que, no, que no regrese, pero... O sea, que ahora me, me pregunto hasta dónde, hasta cuándo me, me pudieron seguir. De todos modos, les voy a decir que si, si tienen que hablar sobre... Si quieren preguntarme algo sobre lo que he dicho estos, estas semanas, estoy disponible para que me, me contacten, para que clarifique cualquier cosa. Pero como dije antes, la traducción ha sido bastante buena. So, okay, well, at least the technical difficulties this time are not dependent on me. We're waiting for Martin to take his uh, headphones and, um, and uh, I guess I should enable him as a translator. He cannot, yeah, Bhakta Prima can't connect anymore. Okay, let me just enable um, Martin. Oh, you're back? Okay, no, see, he came back. So before it was through the phone or... Let me find you again. There you are. Okay, so we found him. Um, okay, I'm going to unshare this because um, it's only confusing me. Okay.
Okay, are we good? Did I... Can you translate now? Can you tell me in the chat or by un unmuting yourself if um, we can, you can trans, oh, he's already translating. Okay, okay, good. Now to remember what the heck I was talking about. Um, for sure I was talking about prayer um, and the important, importance and implications of prayer was talking about masculine and feminine. So, yes, there is no... Um, when I say good and bad, it doesn't mean the good is good and the bad is bad. Um, right. Okay, okay, so he went as far as the being. The spiritual word is Krishna's dream. Okay. Wherever I was going with that. But anyway... Good and bad doesn't mean the good is good and the bad is bad. So masculine and feminine, it just means duality. They all have the same valence. In the Tao, there is a dot of white where there's the most black and a dot of black when there, where there is the most white. So um, a lot of realization can be gotten just out of that symbol. Um, but I can't go into that right now. But a feminine attitude is required to understand God as the masculine principle, the Purusha. Like I was saying, the absolute is not masculine or feminine. But uh, in general, a feminine attitude or a right brain attitude. Now, in psychology, they say there is no right and left brain, that many parts of the brain light up at the same time. But let's stick with the narrative of the left and, <laughs> left and right brain because it helps my, my point. Uh, again, it just talks about the duality. Left brain, right brain, masculine, feminine, doesn't matter. This is a world of duality. And one half of this duality, whether you want to call it right brain or feminine, is what we are required to have to understand God. So, this intuitive mathematics, like the Vedic mathematics, is, um, uh, I don't remember the, the reason, but it's very much from the right brain, very intuitive. You get this number, okay, if, when this is like that, you can make very complex um, additions and just calculus just by the position of the numbers, etc., etc. A lot of Vedic um, scientific disciplines are very much from the right brain. So, you may remember or you may know of this TED talk of this uh, surgeon, uh, neurologist, whatever she was, who had a stroke. And, um, uh, well, I don't know what happened, but some part of her brain were not functioning. So she wanted to call at work, and she couldn't make sense of the keypad. The numbers meant nothing to her. Like in dreams. Dreams are made with the right brain. We never dream of numbers. Because numbers belong to the left, logical brain. So she couldn't call work. Eventually she just copied the same number she saw on her business card and she was able to call work and say somehow I think I'm having a stroke and I can't come to work and she was a neurosurgeon so she was uh, happy to have a stroke because so, she could tell first person what happens when you have a stroke and so she said 
something that I can't remember, but that really struck me that because of her right brain only vision of the world, she felt that she was one. Everything she saw was her, everything she heard. What she was experiencing, she was what she was experiencing. And there's a lot of, um, that's a very profound thing from, you know, our point of view and analysis of consciousness and matter. Consciousness is this experiencing energy. All that consciousness does is express itself and experience the expression. It's the constant, I want to do this, let's see what happens. Oh, and then the rasa comes out, the juice, the relationship, the juice that comes out of the relationship. What happens if I do that? What happens if I do this? You know, in relation to matter, in relation to spirit. It's all just consciousness expressing itself and experiencing itself. So, so um, So we need to think like sadhus and um, see the world. So anyway, to wrap it up somehow, um, it's true. We are the gods of our universe. Like I was saying, we are the divine couple. You know how they say that there are infinite universes. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean many diff uh, infinite universes full of so many people it means that each and every one of us the eight billion humans alone that we are and all the living beings in the in the material world the material world is like a holographic i'm fixated on holograms <laughs> it's a holodeck if, if you know star trek is like it's like this room this one quarter of creation you know the vedas say that reality is three quarters spiritual and one quarter material and i said that mm, matter exists the material energy exists there is no energy versus matter as science says there's just energy sometimes it functions as spiritual sometimes it, fun it functions as material so ma material energy tinges things and it causes when it comes into contact with consciousness you know as uh, jivatma not you know the absolute consciousness it can cause things if you're in a holodeck you see holograms, they really feel and appear as real. It's all just laser, it's all just frequency and vibration, etc. So, um, the world, why can I not keep the, my stream of thought today? We're talking about the universe. So yes, we are the divine couple. We are the Lord of our universe. Just like for all of you who are young, who are gamers or who were gamers, you know, for the little bit I know, I, I, I didn't stop at Pac-Man, but not too much further. I, I'm not much of a gamer. I guess Gona and I will understand me and a few more. But um, the way I perceive the game, same game, we're all in the same room. Uh, well, Minecraft is a, a name, I don't know, there, there are all kinds of games that are like famous and, you know, I log in from my computer and I see the same scenario, the same world from my and my point of view only. And then another person will be in the same game. Uh, they're all war game, for the most part, they're very violent things. So if I shoot someone, the other person in the game will see me shooting someone. So the thing just uh, does happen. We see it, it happens. But ne nobody will ever experience the world, the same universe, the same the way I experience it. 
Nobody lives in my frequency. Yes, if a tree falls in the forest, everybody will hear and see the tree and be like, a tree has fallen in the forest. It's not that it's your per perception. But no, really, we're all tuned into the same reality at a very slightly different uh, frequency. Like I was making the example uh, two weeks ago about Vatican radio, that I wanted to listen to the Hare Krishna radio that was on 107.85, because they couldn't get 108. And if I would touch or not touch the radio, it would go back to the rosaries, and it, it sounded like I was listening to the Vatican radio. There can only be one station at that frequency, on that frequency. So in that sense, there are multiple, there are infinite universes because there are infinite jivas and we all perceive the world and we are in the center. We are the Paramatmas, uh, obviously. Well, again, let's trip it down to basic concept. There's consciousness and then there's this bubble. So just like the Paramatma is the soul of the universe, where we all live and function, we are also the soul of the universe that we only perceive, we only create, we only live. Um, how that relates to praying with your arms like this beats me, but I'll get back to it. Um, so receive the mercy. Keep open. Yes, be receptive, be feminine. It's a winning strategy. Because uh, God is the giver. God is the, the one who enters your heart. You know, masculine, feminine also has to do with conquering and being conquered, penetrating and being penetrated, etc., uh, etc. Et All those ramifications. And the, So be feminine. Keep the, the, the cup of your heart right side up, not upside down. Because otherwise it will never be filled with the mercy, which is what we... So we're making our hearts, our hands like a cup. Okay, let me share the screen again, and I mean, I should have never called it a an overview because <laughs> this is like never ending. But I'm I'm covering all the things I wanted to talk about. Uh, where am I? Okay, and then prayer with your hands up. Same, the same emotions that cause your knees to bend and your legs to bend out of like sadness or humility. Remember, there is praise. Uh, prayer out of joy so when the emotions when the you know kundalini or the energy in your in your um, subtle body is in contact with something spiritual or uh, well no it's just emotional energy say you know we got the we got the grant yeah you, you, the energy from the center of your body just pushes up and forces the physic physical expression of your body to just shoot out from the arms, from the legs. So that's naturally, when you praise the Lord, it, it just makes you want, it, it just makes your arms go up like that. So I'll keep that short. Um, and then, of course, mudras are an expression of a physical expression during prayer or crossing oneself, like um, uh, Christians do. And now let's analyze, finally, the uh, words for prayer in our scriptures, in our culture. You can find all this in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Eastern Ocean, Second Wave, starting from verse 144. Um, kirtan is obviously a, a form of prayer. Kirtan means to give fame. So when you praise someone, 
you praise their glory. Kirtan means glorification. And um, um, sorry, I think I got. I should probably check the the um, if there are any comments on the live thing on Facebook, because maybe people are having difficulties, and I wouldn't even know. Nope. Okay. So, kirtana means uh, glorification, and it can be kirtana of Nama, Lila, and Guna. So, we praise the names of the Lord. We just repeat um, the names of the Lord. We talk about their Lilas. Oh, you who lifted a hill. Oh, you who stole the um, uh, gopis' dresses, etc. The Gunas. Oh, you who are so merciful, etc. Bhajana means worship. Remember last time? We talked about bhajana means also reciprocation, exchange. And then japa is a prayer, a silent repetition. Japa just means uh, recitation, so repeating, whether it's a rosary or, or gayatri, or just repeating a mantra or a prayer. Vidyapti is, um, it, it comes in three, Vidyapti, is, yeah, it's, it's prayer, it's something you submit. So prarthana, or here it's called samprarthana, is um, request, give me mercy, dayakoro, krupakoro, karunakoro. It's uh, all over our Bengali uh, songs. And so before bhava, you pray as prarthana. Please give me this, please give me that. It could be please give me mercy, but there's still a sense of uh, I am me and I'm asking God. And then uh, danya bodhika or danya bodhika, Atmika means, um, well, Dainya means humility in the way that Dina means fallen. Hey, get off. Sorry. I'm making three outfits for Balaram Jamashtami and uh, Prabhupada's appearance today. I got stuff all over my table. I don't want the cat to walk on them. Um, <clears throat> so Dina means uh, fallen and uh, Dainya means the condition, the sense that someone has when they feel fallen. Harini, stop it, get off. So, um, that's the sense that we have when we feel lowly. Uh, most of our prayers uh, end with this, uh, I am, you know, Bhattino Thakur, since I mentioned uh, uh, Amanadurmati, he says, uh, Bhattino Thakur is uh, submitting this prayer at the soles of your feet. So we talked about the symbology, not even if you, at your feet, at the soles of your feet, like for sure the dirty part of the feet. Um, so prayer, prayer, prayer out of humility. Lalasa means hankering. A Lalasa, my type of prayer, is when or oh, when will that day be mine? So you've already attained pre prema. You, you're not asking God. You've attained something. And... Um, it, it, you know, it's when prayer becomes visualization. Remember I told you that prayer has a, um, an element of manifesting reality, of envisioning reality, of bringing the future into the present, and um, which can be done in a devotional way. You know, it sounds very uh, new agey, like I'm manifesting this, and I am a millionaire. And um, no, you will see that you know, the whole... Um, um, What's it called? Not Siddha Pranali, but the whole, uh, you know, meditating on one's form as a gopi and a gopa is all about bringing the future into the present, visualizing your, your goal, manifesting your reality. 
but it can be done in a devotional way. We'll see this next week. So Lala said, when will that uh, come? I know it will come. That is, this is my goal, but when? So it, it still has a, an element of it doesn't entirely depend on me. But it's not a request. So Lalasa. And then Stotra is a form of prayer. It's a certain meter. It's found in scripture. And it's recited for the purification of speech. Like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Sri Vishnu Sahasranama Stotra. The a thousand names of Vishnu. And Anastava is composed. So it is uh, composed by, you know, a devotee. Somebody who has an emotion and composes a prayer. The song, the song I wrote for Guru Maharaj is called Shrima Tripurari Swami Charanam Bhojastava, a prayer to the lotus feet of Shrima Tripurari uh, Maharaj. So a stava is a composed prayer. A stotra is a prayer found already in scripture. And then um, other words for prayer are mantra, mantra we all know, Man refers to manas, the mind. Tra is the verb trayate, which means it makes you go across. So it liberates the mind. It, it brings the mind across <laughs> the spectrum <laughs> of uh, human experience to you know the very the highest uh, function of the mind is to focus on spiritual things. So a mantra helps you that way. If it's a spiritual mantra, there is all kinds of mantras. Ashtaka just comes from the name ashta, uh, the word ashta, which means eight. So it's an eight-verse composition. We have the, the Damodarashtaka, Guruashtaka. Uh, please don't call them samsara prayers. It kills me. The samsara prayers, like the, samsara, is the the material world, the the wheel we were talking about, of positive and negative, constantly chasing after one another. No, they're called Guruashtaka. The Ashtaka in glorification of the Guru. Vandana means prayer. Uh, it is the name used for prayer in. Um, the analysis of bhakti as uh, navalakshana. So when we divide, don't divide. We if we consider nine types, nine ways to to do bhakti vandana prayer is one of them. And vandana in and of itself means praise worship. Um, it appears like in medieval Bengali, bandomui bandomui savadhana mate. It means. Uh, again, it's medieval Bengali, but it means I offer prayers. In Sanskrit, it's vande, vande, ham, etc., etc. Again, it's the same verb, I offer prayer. Or um, it, it's all over our literature, our songs. Pranati, uh, Narasingha Pranati, Tulasi Pranati, it means a salutation, but you can see they're just synonyms for prayer. And then Nivedana, it's a request and a declaration and a submission, like, this is it, this is what I am, this is what I am offering, and what I'm, it's in, it's interesting how in English you say, submit a petition, so you're asking something, but you're submitting it, so the word appears, again, in that song uh, about Guru Maharaj, it ends with, um, uh, I can't remember my own song, Egoda Sacheshtakuri, uh, it says, uh, this servant of the senses is offering this contribution, is offering this prayer, is trying to sing your glories and, and offer this prayer. So, Nivedanagai 
is singing this Nivedana. The offering to the deities is called Naivedya, same. It's a, a thing that we mm, submit, we, we offer. But it's a prayer at the same time. Let's see, where are we now? Okay, so um, does anybody, does everybody have five extra minutes so we can just finish this? Uh, assuming that you say yes, uh, here is ten types of prayers, uh, really themes. It's another analysis uh, from Gaudiya Vaishnava Abhidhana. So, Samprartatmika, Samprartanatmika, we saw that, so it's Prartana. And then Swadanya Bodhika, we saw that too, uh, uh, prayer out of humility. And uh, Mana Shiksha, that's interesting, it's a very... Um, uh, at least I've seen it only in a Vaishnava type of praying. You're preaching to your mind. Mana shiksha means giving instructions to your mind. Like, bhajahure mana, oh mind of mine, worship uh, um, Srinandanandan, etc. Or bhajamana radhe govinda, oh mind of mine, worship radhe govinda. And uh, let's see what it says here. Raghunathas Goswami, in this prayer, the mind becomes a disciple and we teach it how to deal with the senses and relate to intelligence. We consider the mind a separate entity and tell it, pull yourself together, meditate on Krishna, the challenging spirit of intelligence becomes manifest. One function of the intelligence is to challenge the mind. <clears throat> Vilapatmika means statements of supreme lamentation. Vilapa means lamentation, like I'm so fallen, I'm... Um, um, sorry, but the only song that comes to mind is the one I wrote. I'm not going to mention, quote it again. But in there, there's also like, I'm just a servant. I'm, I'm just, um, um, can't remember the word. But anyway, it's just self-deprecation. Vaishnava Mahima Prakashika. This is the opposite. Mahima means glory. So it's, um, but Vaishnava. So glorifying the Vaishnavas. And that's another thing that is uh, very peculiar and typical in our um, <clears throat> culture. We glorify the associates of the Lord, not only the Lord. So the Vaishnavas. Shri Guru Vaishnava Vidyapti Rupa, statements of submission and glorification of the Vaishnavas, especially the Guru. So you can see they're not really you know, types of prayer, but recurring themes. Shri Dhamma Vasilipsatmika, expressing the desire to live in the holy places. And then Sadaka Dehe Lala Sasuchika, expressing the desire to practice devotional service. Siddha Dehe Lala Samai, desire to attain Siddha Deha and serve Krishna in the spiritual body. And then Akshepa Bodhika, lamentation again, extreme grief and sorrow that we have fallen to this material world. Okay, um, now this is a meme that I stole from Padmanabha Maharaj's uh, profile. Someone who speaks becomes a speaker. Someone who teaches becomes a teacher. Someone who prays becomes a prayer. Of course, it's a pun that I don't know how it's going to be uh, rendered in Spanish. But uh, that is the secret. Um, I left you with this um, kind of like um, homework of um, telling me what happens when two nations, two Christians, two Christian nations pray the same God for victory. They go to war, but only one of them uh, wins. Oh, I'll talk about it next time because I don't want to take too much um, of your time. But um, in, in a nutshell, when we pray to God, it's got nothing to do with God. Prayer is for the prayer. It's all about how it affects, it affects the person who prays. 
and the consciousness behind the prayer is what makes sure that the prayer actually is listened to and, uh, and, and gets fulfilled. Also, what we pray for, you know, is it devotion or is it to win over our enemies? Uh, you know, is it within the realm of, realm of Maya or of pure devotion? And, uh, but to become prayer is also something to do with what Guru Maharaj says, that we will never become one with God, but we can become one with God's energy. So when we become prayer, we enter this uh, Swarup Shakti, this Bhakti Shakti. You know, we become feminine so that we can interact with the Purusha principle, with the uh, masculine. This is just um, a hint. We'll talk about this uh, last uh, in our last next and last encounter. And then, uh, yes, prayers is for the prayer, not for the prayed. So we'll wrap it up uh, next time. And then we'll talk about the differences between meditation and prayer. But if any one of you has um, questions or comments... I'm, uh, I'm available for hours and hours today. I have nothing to do until this afternoon. So uh, I'm going to unshare here so I can see the chat. And if there are no questions, um, I guess it's the time where everybody opens their camera and they say hi and bye. Um, Twelve people. Yes, well, thank you for staying with me and engaging me in these, uh, you know, devotional thoughts again. It's always purifying and very energizing, despite the headache that actually came back. But, um, so, we'll, um, we'll discuss the point of the two nations at war next time. And um, we'll talk about prayer and meditation, and then we'll wrap it up, because uh, even if we have five Tuesdays in August, the last Tuesday will be Prabhupada's appearance day. So we'll give the microphone to Guru Maharaj. And um, so I'm going to go back to making my outfits, and hopefully I'll make one in time for Balaram's appearance day. <laughs> and um, that's it. I guess I'll meet you all uh, next Tuesday. Thank you very much, and you're all in my prayers. Masundar Prabhu Ki Jai. Hari Hari Bo. Guru Maharaj. Jai.